Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. We welcome you back in. It is our fourth and final hour here from downtown Las Vegas in our Circus Sportsbook Studios. It is VEASAN Bet Center kicking off your NFL Super Wild Card Weekend. Back with Jeff Parles. I'm Ben Wilson. Thanks to Brian Ortega, our producer, rest of our production team behind the glass, as well as we've got two more games, Jeff, still to preview on a night that is seeing the chalk reign supreme. Cincinnati covers 26-19 over the Las Vegas Raiders and then the beatdown of all beatdowns. We were trying to figure out the break, Jeff, whether that stat you dug up was true or not. Buffalo, 47. New England, 17. Bills run away with it as a four, four and a half point favorite that, what, no no, no team in NFL history had ever had a game without a punt, field goal, or turnover. And yeah, the Buffalo uh, Bills uh, accomplished that tonight with seven drives, seven touchdowns. I'm trying to effort if that's correct. By the way, the uh, updated odds are coming out for mm-hmm. AFC futures here. Oh, Buffalo boy. has moved into a into a short shot tie with Kansas City basically everywhere. Just a matter of their plus 190 or plus 210 have been the prevailing numbers out there. Bengals down to 5-1 to one at DraftKings. Buffalo and KC both plus 190. The Titans, the one seed, still plus 330. That's still I a find good, that That's still bizarre. a pretty darn good number on Tennessee. Even though I think Cincinnati will, assuming that's the matchup, Cincinnati will beat them next week. Bengals at five to one, Steelers at thirty-five to one. Don't bet on Pittsburgh, guys. Don't do it. Why not? I know it's juicy for someone out there, but don't do it. You're wasting your money. All right, I'll, that, I'll take it from you. So there wasting you go. My money. That's a good way but, to segue. Also, one other note. Yeah. So up until that week eight, week sixteen game, no team had had a game with no punts against Belichick in New England. That Buffalo happened. just did it again. Twice. Twice. Nobody had ever had four straight touchdown drives, and Buffalo did it in not only seven straight, but all seven drives were touchdowns. Uh, technically, they had an eighth and drive. And they technically had the Trubisky, Trubisky kneel, kneeling out the clock. Uh, kneel fest. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> begs the question. We, we, we jokingly write off uh, Pittsburgh tomorrow. Ben Roethlisberger making light of that in his, his midweek press conferences this week. We're seeing the number now. It's been market-wide 12.5 for a couple days. Opened 11.5. Early betting market movers coming in on Kansas City as we go to the Sunday night game tomorrow night. 46 and a half your total. There are all the team totals and all the other stuff you want to look at for tomorrow. Pittsburgh Steelers, we mentioned 35 to 1 to win the AFC. Greater than $5 on the money line. Best money line you can get, at least in the Nevada jurisdiction, plus 575 right now. Our odds are courtesy of vsin.com. I know, Jeff, there is a 
Very interesting statistical angle you've been looking at, at least on the Kansas City side, looking at them first quarter comparatively to the rest of the games that people might be interested in simply because in, in this game, particularly how large of a full game spread it is, where I don't know how, how much people will love laying the full 12 and a half here on Sunday night. The way I would play this, and I haven't played it yet because I don't like laying three and a hook in a quarter. Yeah, that doesn't seem way, optimal. But the way to play this is Kansas City in the first quarter. Ben, I, I have to pull up my handy-dandy stats, as I always do, courtesy of, uh, of, our, of our guy at NFL Network, Matt Hamilton, on these stats. Fellow Mizzou alumnus, yes. Matt Hamilton, great guy. Kansas City, from weeks 11 through week 18, in the first quarter, and I, I, Ben, you and I have kind of talked about this a little bit. Kansas City's 15 to 20 play script to open the game has been as good as it's ever been the last seven weeks. And these numbers back it up. In the first quarter, Kansas City is first in the league in points per game, yards per game, and yards per play. So points per qu- first per first quarter, they're at a 10.7 since week 11. That's easily first in the NFL. 118 yards per first quarter since week 11. Again, easily number one in the NFL. Six and a half yards of play. Easily number one. After the first quarter, second through fourth quarter since week 11, 19 and a half points per game in those three quarters. That's 14th league average. 255 yards per second through fourth quarters since week 11. 17th. Below league average. 5.6 yards a play. That's good for 10th. So they're still a good team after the first quarter. But they're in a different stratosphere early in games. And Andy Reid's 15-play script, as we talked about for years and years and years and years before Mahomes got there and played quarterback for, for Kansas City, it was always Andy Reid is the best scripter of the opening drive or two in the league. And then after that, he doesn't adjust particularly well. We are starting to see that again with Kansas City. And I would look to lay the three. If it gets to three, I definitely lay three, even with juice in the first quarter. Mm -hmm. Three and a half, a little bit harder. But with that said, Ben, if Kansas City is somehow in a tight game with Pittsburgh at the end of the first quarter, all bets are off here. All bets are off in this game. Not saying Pittsburgh's going to win the game, but Kansas City is going to have a difficult time and a significantly more difficult time than they will need to have if this game is close at the end of the first quarter. Now, if Kansas City's up 14-0 like they were at the, in the last game that these two teams played a few weeks ago in a game that was non-competitive, as non-competitive gets and only got close, in the, it got tighter on the scoreboard, was because Kansas City stopped playing in the fourth quarter. But, Ben, I'm not betting this for a full game. The only bet that I'm looking at is Kansas City first quarter. And if Kansas City does not cover the first quarter, this is going to be this good, good, This is going to be significantly more interesting than Kansas City would like. That's a fascinating angle. You, but you don't think it would apply to, say, a first-half line where I'd rather there are first... at least places, you know, a lot of shops right now, I'm, I'm seeing seven and a half. You'd have to lay first half. Seven and a half a big first half. There are, at least in town, one shop does have a Kansas City minus seven, but heavy juice on that minus minus twenty. I'd rather have seven minus twenty than anything seven and a half. Oh, I mean, I'm absolutely with. I'd you rather on have that. that out, but 
Look, I, again. No, no, that's a very fascinating game. That, that's, that's the angle I'd look to play it. I would look to play Kansas City in the first quarter. I probably will play it. I'm, I doubt I'll see a three because it's the last game, and I expect Kansas City to just continually take action as this game gets closer to kick. But, Ben, if KC doesn't cover the first quarter, and this game is close at the end of the first quarter, and, heck, let's make it the whole first half. If this is a one-score game at halftime, or if somehow Pittsburgh is ahead at halftime, where we know the Steelers have been awful early in games also, too. All bets are off here. All bets are off. And, again, it would be the most disappointing result for any team the whole weekend, obviously, the biggest favorite on the board, biggest wild card favorite since at least 2002, Ben. Your Kansas City can't lose this game. Sorry, can't lose this game in any fashion. The different, it's a different angle they asked to knock to cover this game is a big number. I don't want to lay 12 and a half in a playoff game, but I am not interested in taking 12 and a half on Pittsburgh. That's an impassioned case for a, as, as impassioned a case for a first quarter bet as you will ever hear, and you just made it, Jeff. That's Problem. the only angle I'd look at here. Problem. That's the only one I look at. It does, well, it makes a lot of sense in this game specifically from everything you laid out. It does, though, seem to forebode a little bit of concern on Kansas City just in general, though, and that's why I'm not I'm not super in love with Kansas City from a futures perspective, kind of for that same reason that you just outlined. A team that has not been that consistent putting together 60 minutes of football. Obviously, it more of an indicator on a game like this where they're a huge favorite where that gives you a betting angle, but doesn't that kind of also speak more truth into why I'm not jumping at the bit to take a Kansas City future right now, and I'm not exactly, you know, would not be in love with their 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 proposition of making a deep run here? Well, the interesting thing is now with Kansas City futures, now you're co- I mean, co- now, like now you you're now yeah, you're in AFC. a scenario where if you're not buying Tennessee or Cincinnati, you're essentially now in a heads-up game against Buffalo. And yeah, you probably you would end up with a better number rolling the money line. Look, especially if it's Kansas City one and a half, looking at the money line of minus one twenty five, minus one twenty. You could be in a scenario where you're rolling that to the AFC Championship game and getting a, a nicer number than the plus one ninety bet. Because Kansas City at Tennessee, Kansas City what? What'd you say? Kansas City be two and a half probably in Nashville, two and a half point favorite, and in Cincinnati they'd probably be four and a half at home. That would be my guess. Okay, that would make a lot of sense. I don't look. I don't. I I, I don't. I don't think Kansas City is getting through this playoffs. I don't think they're getting back to the Super Bowl. I do not think we will see either last year's Super Bowl uh, contestants. Yeah, face off. I don't or, think either, or even get there. I don't, I don't think, think either, either of them are getting there. Will. I'm not sure who's coming out of the AFC at this moment. Because going into this, I thought the winner of Tennessee, Cincinnati, would get there. Because either Tennessee gets a home game or. Or Cincinnati, I, look, I think Cincinnati matches up pretty darn well with the other two teams. Problem is, what we saw from Buffalo tonight yeah. really throws a wrench I mean, into a if, lot of if things. that repeats itself. Again, it won't repeat itself to that level. Right. But if you get a scenario where Allen looks that good, they're not going to score on every possession. We know that's ridiculous. That, that, but that's the thing. Be wary. Be wary right Buffalo now. Going forward. If you if you if you peaked uh, if you peaked it out correctly on Buffalo about a month and a half ago. You're sitting with a ticket, and I would feel pretty darn good about it at the moment. Yes, yeah, a, a Tuesday morning after the the win game, maybe one one of yeah. those one of those buy spots. As a Packer fan, I'm I would love to see Pittsburgh come out of the AFC and we get the <laughs> Roethlisberger <laughs> Rogers a decade uh, in the making rematch. But you mentioned too this this line first from the full game, largest of the you know the expanded wild card era. 
I, I did this, you know, trivia question with myself, Jeff, and I got the answer wrong because I would have guessed a, a, a year prior. Highest playoff spread this game since? It's, uh, oh man, I'm totally blanking. Go ahead. So my guess would have been the 2016 divisional game. Texans, remember, at the Patriots. Uh, New England was a 16-point favorite. Brock Osweiler. Yes, that was not the, but that was not the latest so, well, which 12 and a half point. It was the next year. 2017, Tennessee at New England. New England laying 13 and a half. Patriots won that game 35-14. It was really not competitive, even uh, even that close. <laughs> but we're, we're in rare air. Also, 10 or, 10 or double-digit wildcard favorites uh, in the wildcard era. 8-1 all-time straight up and against the spread. 8-1 in both. Only only time they lost? Peace mode. 26. There you go. All right. Final preview coming up. Wildcard weekend next year on VCN. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VEASAN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gail Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, My Guys in the Desert, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now at VEASAN.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. As we were discussing going into our last break, those double-digit wildcard favorites, Jeff. Crazy to believe that in our lifetime, 8-1 and one straight up and 8-1 and one against the spread. And the only one that did not cover it and, and lost outright was the Seattle Seahawks, 10-point home underdogs against the New Orleans Saints. 2010 playoffs. Arshon Lynch introduced to the world. Amazing to think that was now 11 years ago. Matt, ha- Matt Hasselbeck with one yeah. arm in that game. Charlie I White, believe, uh, Tom Hammond on the call. For Ch- Charlie Whitehurst the week before beating Sam Bradford in the St. Louis Rams on Sunday Night the Football. Epic, what, 7-8 and eight versus 7-8 and eight Sunday Se- Night No, 7-8 and eight versus 6-9. and nine. Come right. on now. That's right. I'm Come sorry. on now. That's the 7-9 and nine Seahawks that won a playoff right. game. And then, uh, yeah, that was... Six, uh, I, how could I forget? Come on, that, you, you should know that. You're better than anyone. I was getting that confused with the, the 2004 uh, Week 17 where it was the same yeah. Rams. And then they ended up both getting in. And then, and, then fa- the, and then the Rams somehow, the Rams the Ra- that the terrible week. Rams team beat the Seahawks three times that year. Mark Bolger. Yeah, yeah, Mark Bolger, great yeah. quarterback. 
There you go. Great, the memories, Jeff. The <laughs> memories. NFL playoffs. They, yes. they, bring, they bring them out like no other. Uh, and speaking of that, we're gonna, we, we have a first-ever Monday night game here in, in the wild card weekend. First-ever Monday night playoff game. We have seen, Jeff, some movement today in the market in this line with the Arizona Cardinals and L.A. Rams. Open Rams minus five. Pretty quickly bet down to four, four and a half. And then today, essentially market-wide, we've just seen a trickle of Cardinal money come in all week. We're down to three and a half everywhere at this point. 50s, 49 and a half. It's pretty evenly split across the market as far as our total. And the bigger question, at least in, in a side in this game, Jeff, trying to handicap that, is who do you trust more? Between these two teams, I would argue you you cannot reasonably trust either team coming in. And I realize, well, naturally, that would seem like a you know, maybe a cop-out uh, pick would then just be, we'll take Arizona in the points. I don't know that I'm comfortable doing that either. Of, so of the, I'll ask you that first. Of those two, Arizona and their issues down the stretch, coupled with the same issues the Rams have shown in the second half of the year this season, which of those teams are you putting more trust in at this point, given the, the way this number has tightened and the way this number could easily get to three by the time we get to Monday. I, I would trust the Rams of the two teams because they have the game at home. The Cardinals fan base will not travel like the 49ers fan base did last week. I feel pretty confident in right. that. Going out in a limb there. Uh, and even with, Ben, it just even with the way Stafford has looked the last few weeks where he really has not looked good, the Rams are still the better football team as a whole. The Cardinals are getting a little bit healthier. We still don't know about Hopkins yet, which is a humongous deal. We'll know tomorrow. Because if he doesn't come off IR, then we know he's not playing. It's kind of like Fournette earlier today. But in the end here, Ben, there is a still a difference of coaching class in this game. Despite the fact that Kingsbury had a very good year for the most part. Sean McVay is still a better coach than Cliff Kingsbury. And I would much rather have the team with the better coach at home. And even though Stafford has limited playoff experience, he has played in the playoffs in the past, unlike Kyler Murray. So I would much rather have the Rams, especially if this gets to three, I will bet the Rams at three. Even though, again, I don't really like either of these teams in the following round, regardless of opponent, even though the Rams match up well with Tampa, Mm -hmm. I would expect Tampa would handle their business in that game. And if the Rams have to go to Lambeau again, we already saw that once when the Packers were not 100% right at that point. And the Packers, even though that game tightened at the end, were the obvious better team in that game. Oh, yeah. So, look, I I, I would lean the Rams. I don't trust either of these teams. The way that these teams completed the regular season, they both – were disappointments to me by the end of the year, even though they're both in the playoffs and both in this in this four or five matchup. But uh, I, I would I would look for the I would look to the Rams if you made me bet this game. I also think this total number is correct. Also, this is of all the games this weekend this is the hardest one for me to find an edge on either way. I am with you on that. I would also say though of you you, you made the point that. Your thought was that the, the game you would be looking to go against the grain on as far as where public sentiment reigning supreme and you know, line movement and all that would be Dallas. But from the actual number here, I mean, the market always dictates the, the true story because you know, we're in our own bubbles and we hear, you know, we hear specific people. We don't hear the, you know, the full, full case of where the money is actually going. To me, Jeff, this could line up to be that game, actually, this week of the wild card round where we haven't seen any of these other games, the games today, the games tomorrow. None of those games move more than a point off their opening number. This has the potential to move a full two points and go from a, 
not only move two points, but move down to a key number in Rams minus three. That's the scenario. I, to me, Jeff, if it gets down to minus three, where this would, this would fall into your, all right, here is your against the grain move where people are, are totally off the Rams bag bandwagon. And, and I don't know how, you know, how warranted that is given the question marks on the Arizona side, this game will come down to running the football for Arizona and how effectively they're able to do so. You look at the first game between these two teams, Arizona goes into SoFi as a five and a half point dog wins outright as a team. They carry the ball 40 times, 216 yards, almost five and a half yards per carry got off balance in the Monday night game at home, 22 rushes as a team for 103 yards, basically half of that production. And you think too, with, with how Arizona on the wide receiver core perspective with DeAndre Hopkins not being there, and Kyler Murray, since his return from injury, you look at all of his numbers, he's been certainly less efficient in the passing game. That, to me, Jeff, is the biggest question mark for Arizona if they are able to establish the run against a team against the Rams whose strength has been its front four in particular. They've been a top-five rush defense team by DVOA all season and a Cardinal team that's been bottom 10 in that category as well, and their offensive line has struggled to have consistency getting them a good push 19th and run block win rate this year. You throw in two, James Conner has not practiced so far this week, has the rib injury likely to go, but questionable. I don't trust Arizona to be able to establish the run, establish the run and do it consistently in this game. And at the end of the day, Matthew Stafford issues setting aside, I do have that trust more in, in the LA Rams and the backup, the backup theology here for Arizona for finding ways to keep them in this game don't think they'll be able to find success on the ground the way they did game one in L.A. That's that my bottom line take as far as this handicap goes. I, I think that the first matchup in, in in L.A. was a little more of an aberration for what these teams are now. And really, you can pinpoint that Kyler Murray interception in the second game because Arizona was really outplaying the Rams until that play. And then that game flipped on a dime yeah. and the Rams were clearly the right side the rest of the game. But look, it just... It's just one one of these matchups where you have both teams are totally untrustworthy at this point, and you have two quarterbacks that aren't playing well either. That's the other thing. Stafford, we talked about earlier in the show, Stafford, other than the first half against San Francisco last week, has been dreadful the last month, and Murray is a, a, Murray's a shell of what he was from earlier in the year. And I think we've seen this as the year's gone along with Murray, especially last year as well. Murray was awesome early in the year, and as he battled through injuries and health, he hasn't been quite as good. So, again, it's a tough game. If it gets a three, though, I will lay with the Rams because they are at home. They are the better football team as a whole at this point, and they have the better head coach. It is funny how I was bringing up those first two games. I remember I bet Arizona both games this year. I looked really smart one game. I looked really dumb in the Monday night game, and yet I'm with you on, on the Rams side. The other interesting element here, the whole Kyler Murray season, we talked so much about our season-long outlooks on Arizona. We really liked them, both you and I did, Jeff, early in the year. We both had doubts about Kyler staying fully healthy, and of course he did not. But Arizona used a much different approach this year than they did last year. And last year, they trotted him out. Cliff Kingsbury had Kyler Murray play through injury. From week 11 on, they were negative EPA per play every single game down the stretch, faltered, missed the postseason. This year, they went with a different strategy of totally resting him. They got a two and one stretch out of Colt McCoy as their backup quarterback. Get Kyler Murray as fully healthy as possible. And yet, Jeff, when you watch him, at least with the eye test, and the numbers back this up too, production has been way down from the first you know, eight, nine weeks of the year. 
and he still seems like a quarterback that is very similar to the the home stretch last season, even though he's clearly more healthy, but he's he seriously looks to be much more adverse to taking contact, which is such an interesting thing when you think of how differently Arizona played it this year. Like, you wonder, what is the way to do this going forward for a guy like Kyler Murray, who was never going to change his natural preferred style, right? It's kind of the nature of having a guy who's this undersized in the way he plays. It's kind of the same thing that we talked about with Lamar. When you play that yeah. type of style and you're a running quarterback by nature, you're going to take hits. That's just the way it is. And Murray is one of the shortest quarterbacks we've ever seen that has been a legitimate starter in this league. So it's just, look, it, it, long, longevity is going to be tough for Kyler. I think he's one of the most talented guys we've ever seen play the position. But that longevity is a problem. And look, we'll see. Learn on Monday. We'll learn a lot on Monday, Ben. We'll learn, really we'll learn a lot on Monday. Gets us at three, though. That's, this game Rams will not be in our three. best bets, but that will be the Bible. Rams at three. Speaking of those best bets. We'll discuss them next. We'll also I get to some preliminary thoughts on next coach odds. Some of these teams with all those openings. We'll do all that on the other side. This is Beth Center on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VEASAN.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over under and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way VEASAN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VEASAN.com. Com. A couple more segments with us here on VEASAN Bet Center. Back with Jeff Parles. I'm Ben Wilson. You did some research on the break, and you found that. The stat we were just talking about was true. Buffalo Bills, first team to go the whole game with no punts, no field goal wow. attempts, no wow. turnovers. Wow. Also by ESPN's QBR, Josh Allen, Perfect. since the metric has begun, 2006, highest rated QBR in an NFL game, 98 and a half. That beats Ooh. Tom Brady in 2007 against Jacksonville with a 98. So there you go. Again, that was again. That's wow. That was that. What we saw tonight was as good of a performance as we've seen. Period. 98 and a half QBR. No, I mean, look, Allen was in so Buffalo this, was in Buffalo was immaculate tonight when the game was still competitive. So in the history of QBR, this is by this has been our largest variance year ever, where we had. Well, whatever we had. Glennon at point Mike one. Glennon. Or excuse me, Glennon went Blutarski. He went 0. Yes, 0. Mike Glennon, we had Mike Glennon 0. 0.0 QBR, and we had Josh Allen 98.5. That is hard to do. <laughs> hard to do. Widest variance. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Josh Allen will not be able to replicate a 98.5 QBR no matter where Buffalo plays next week. Yeah, I'm going to say that's a safe bet. That's all I'm going to say. I'll say Buffalo will punt next week. Maybe once, you think? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a good thing they didn't punt them because Matt Hack last week against the Jets had three straight punts of 25 or less and fumbled the snap. It was very snap. bizarre. Yeah. <laughs> it was a horrible game for the It was a rough punter. day at it's the office. It's a nice office. bye week for Matt Hack. Rough day at the office uh, for him. For, real quick, college basketball update on a day lost in the NFL playoff shuffle. Whole lot of upsets on the card today in college basketball. Baylor loses again. They will no longer be number one. Seems like, Jeff, uh, the Auburn Tigers might be your number one team in the country come Monday. That's a potential. Could, yeah. be, could be Gonzaga as well. 
Uh, but we've got another one in progress. Oregon, 64. USC, 50. After forcing overtime just across town at Pauley Pavilion the other night at UCLA, Oregon off to a terrible start under Dana Altman. 64-50, under nine minutes to go, and now an 11.5-point live favorite as USC came in, fifth-ranked team in the country. Jeff, just the one loss under Andy Enfield this year, and we're laying five and a half or six. Yeah, I thought this was a great bounce back for USC, and I've been completely wrong, which is uh, continuing the tone for this college basketball season. But uh, but look, uh, Oregon, Oregon is – but when the new year flipped, they were seven and six, the Oregon Ducks. And now – they beat UCLA in overtime the other night. They're in control, up 14 with 8.45 to go in the second half. Dana Altman just always manages to find a way. Doesn't matter what his team looks like. If it wasn't the run now, it would have come later, and they would have won the Pac-12 tournament and got a 12 seed again. And I would have bet them and in the And we first probably round. would have bet them in and the they first probably round. Would have they probably would have won. Probably would have made the Sweet 16 again. Yeah, well, <laughs> the 20, 2019 all over again. I will always be indebted to, to Dana Altman. I Pride of Moberly Area Community College in, in Missouri. Go, go, go Greyhounds. Go great, go Hounds. But <laughs> yeah, you know, my Peyton Pritchard, the, my my Oregon to win their region bets when they knocked out uh, Kansas yes. in Kansas in a, in a home game in essentially a, in a, in for game, Kansas in, was in one a, of the great in, results ever. In a game I was at. That's right, you were. At. Yeah, I was at that game. We're at that game, Jeff Parles. Uh, speaking of you know things we were at, we also have we have made bets at least. Yeah, we have. So we'll go to our best bets for this weekend before we reminisce more on random <laughs> games we've attended as media members. I uh, should also say, uh, I think I mentioned it before, but 11 and a half is your live line here. Oregon up 13 with uh, just under nine minutes to go. So for the best bets, Jeff, I believe two straight shows we have been together. You have had, we've had the show with a graphic that says Jeff uh, has nothing. So I hope you gave us something. this week. Yeah, no, the only thing I gave you is Dallas minus three. You first gave off, us something. First off, I enjoy the graphic of my... Oh, I do too. Of the... Crudely cut out of the crude cutout of my face saying that I have nothing. I think it's great. But Dallas laying three, look, you and I are going to be oppo here. I know that. And I know I'm going against the grain here. But I'm going to take the better team at home with the better offense here. And look, if San Francisco wins, I'm not going to be stunned. But on the card, these, these remaining four games, Tampa, Philadelphia is tough. Because of the way that the weather report looks, and I think the total's gotten away a little bit. I'm not laying 12 and a half with Kansas City. The three and a half, I would like to not have to lay three and a half in the first quarter with Kansas City, even though I likely will bet that by the time the game flips around, because I don't think we're going to get a three. But as of this moment, I don't have that in my pocket. I probably will bet that, though, for the full disclosure there. And on Monday night, I don't want it until it hits three. If it hits three, then we'll lay with the Rams. But sure. at this particular moment, we're laying three with Dallas. That's it. That's all I have in the pocket right now. Your your, your crudely pasted cutout is very uh, Cal Naughton-esque <laughs> that we have put up on the ground. Cash that! In the, in the past. Hey, Cash that! Good, uh, good, good mention. I wow. All right. For Benny and the bets, we are going oppo of one young Jeffrey... Parlay. Go ahead. Oh, you took the hook, though. You laid the minus I 20. I did. The classic, we're on opposite sides, but we have different bets. And as I mentioned before, this is not a bet I've actually made officially because I'm waiting to see if there is a better, you know, three and a half with even juice. Uh, actually, I, I, I eventually, I imagine it will get there, but if, if that is the best number I can get, Jeff, I will be more than happy tomorrow morning to actually bet that San Francisco uh, getting the three and a half at minus 120. I also think you're, you're kind of t- trying to talk yourself into the against the grain thing because, I mean, 
it definitely seems on the surface like a lot of people love San Francisco, but like you look at some of the like some of the sportsbook data that that they share with us here at Vison, like BetMGM number one team by handle this week, Dallas Cowboys. So, a lot of money coming in on Dallas, which is why that line has stayed the same. Look, look, public, I mean, look, more public money has been on San Francisco so far. Look, this. Will, I'm just saying, nobody ever wants to be on the side that all the public money is on, so it's easy to talk ourselves into like, ah, I'm gonna go against the grain. No, look, that, to me, just, this is more 50-50. It, 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 look, it's a coin flip game, and there's no arguing that. There's a reason that it's the shortest line on the board this week, but I'm going to take the better offense at home. Simple as that. So te- so teaser if you were forced to make one, because no, and we've, we've laid out why neither of us, at least well, I, I mean, why I, 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 mean I mean, Tampa's, if you're making a teaser, you have to throw Tampa in there because they're traditional long teaser leg. Uh, man, I think he, I think he'd take Kansas City down to six and a half. I don't like. I I really hate doing that, but I think that's what you do if you're you insisting on a teaser. Of all the sides this week, the one I've gone back just from a, a pure pick standpoint, the one I've gone back and forth the most on is Kansas City and Pittsburgh. I numbers wise, I cannot get there on Pittsburgh. <laughs> I have tried to look at so many different angles. You're trying everything. I cannot get everything. to Pittsburgh. They are the worst offense still left. They are the worst rushing offense still left. They are the worst passing offense still left. They have the worst offensive line still in the playoffs. They have the worst defensive line in the playoffs. The only thing Pittsburgh does well that I could possibly talk myself into is they've been bad against the run. They've been a bad defensive line. They're not particularly amazing on special teams. Top 10 team against the pass this year, Jeff. And if they are, if, if at all their secondary and linebacker core is able to catch Patrick Mahomes in a in an early on off balance type game where they don't establish a rhythm early. And you were talking about how good Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs have been historically in those scripted plays to open the game. If they don't, if they do not come out early, like you were talking about, Jeff, this will be a, a boat racing because numbers like numbers wise, there's nothing else to support that Pittsburgh should be in this game, and yet. I would not tease Kansas City down to six and a half. I would sure as hell not in my bank account lay the full 12 and a half with Kansas City. And is there really any point to throwing them in a money line parlay at a, you know, in a no, playoff I, card like that when it's so high? This will probably be a game I don't have a bet on. And it, 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 it just speaks to the nature of this Pittsburgh Steeler team in 2021 that I have a hard time killing them off with them losing by two touchdowns. I just can't do it's, it. Look, it's fair. It's fair. And the Steelers... Have got the Steelers have been a bad football team this whole year, and yet here they are. They're in the playoffs. You know the most amazing? And the Colts and the Chargers are not. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, you're right. The most amazing number to me on Pittsburgh this year. They have led for 21.8 percent of their offensive snaps. <laughs> you know nine win you, team, Ben. A nine win. The team. Houston Texans have led more offensive snaps than the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. Let me repeat that. The Houston <laughs> Texans. Have led for a higher percentage of their offensive snaps than the Pittsburgh Steelers, and That's, we are about to watch Pittsburgh play a playoff game tomorrow. Spectacular! Night. Again, look again. I just uh, whenever you doubt Mike Tomlin, he manages to find something like that. So nothing. Look, nothing would surprise me as a result of an outcome in that game, and I will not be playing it. But look, there's a reason, Jeff, why we did the hypothetical lines earlier in the show with Pittsburgh involved oh, advancing. Oh, that is a po- that could happen. I'm going to throw this out there real quick. If the Steelers somehow win tomorrow, they're winning in Tennessee next week. And we're getting stuck with a horrible AFC championship. You and- game. 
Somebody might have to have, to have an intervention with Gil Alexander uh, oh, on, on a numbers game. If, we'll, if that, uh, we'll be pleased. And anybody if with Tennessee bet future. goes down. A, hey, I, if, if I lost the Titan future on a loss to the Steelers in the playoffs this year, I would be beside myself. Right. If I lost the Chief, if I lost any future against the Steelers, I'd be beside myself. All right, final segment coming up next. We'll wrap up the show right after this here on VSIN. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. This is Beth Center on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all new Big Game Big Dance special provides VSIN plus all access to everything we do from now through April 5th for only $69. Sign up now and get our daily best bets emails, 24 7 video access, the upcoming Big Game and College Hoops betting guides, plus full access to VSIN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year. So don't miss out on one of our best deals of the year. Visit VSIN.com slash big deal. To sign up today as we wrap things up on VSIN Bet Center, we've got the Greg Peterson experience coming your way next here on VSIN. Next three hours, as we've got Jeff Parles. I'm Ben Wilson. Who is your number one college basketball team? Well, we're again, that big game, big game, big dance special at, through the end of the March Madness tournament. At this moment, Auburn is playing the best of everyone. Now, do I think Auburn is going to win a national championship? Probably not. The best team in the country at this current moment or excuse me, going forward, is Arizona. We're ready to go there with Arizona. I am. I'm willing to go there. Yes. They're really good. They're, they're really they are, they are good. They are very, 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 very good. And it would be very comical if Tommy Lloyd won a title in year one at Arizona. <laughs> they were down early in that game today at home against Utah as a new 20-point favorite and almost covered. They won the game by 18. Yeah, look, they're very today. impressive. Now, here's the thing. A lot of these good teams... Gonzaga's really like Gonzaga has played a legitimate schedule this whole this whole way through. Uh, Kentucky has had games against elite teams as well. Granted, the thing with Kentucky is the two best teams Kentucky has played, Duke and LSU, they both lost to mm-hmm. LSU. Speaking of LSU today, LSU, I know, and I'm very, I'm sure Greg will have plenty of this on the GPE, which is coming up after us. LSU up up by eight with four minutes to go loses outright. At home to Arkansas, who hadn't had a conference win until they beat our alma mater to a pulp the other night. And 58 points in the process. Yeah, so 
So 65, I, 58 long. Look, this is a wide open field this year, Ben. Wide open across the board. Why do I somehow think we're going to end up with a Gonzaga UCLA Elite Eight where everybody bets UCLA again and Gonzaga wins by? Well, look, 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 Gonzaga, Gonzaga, the one thing that the way this could very easily suit up in college basketball this year, it's very different than it usually is because in up until last year, really, Ben, it was so easternly dominated Mm -hmm. that you would have the East region even maybe have the number one seed in the West, but all the teams are stacked up in the East. Now, just the way that they do it, Gonzaga and either Arizona and UCLA is likely going to be a one-two in the, in the West, and that's just brutal. And maybe if Arizona gets a one seed, they're going to Philadelphia. Like that, that's mm-hmm. how the way it's just going to work. The, the, the better teams are not in the usual places. Ben. No, you're right. Like Auburn, that's, Auburn's going to be, be number. Lenardi's going to have Auburn as the number one overall team on Monday. Let that sink. <laughs> what a what a sentence. Bruce Pearl. Granted, Auburn should have a national championship already. Hey, from show cause to uh, number one team in the land. It's oh. remarkable. Speaking of coaches, Jeff, let's close the show by uh, you always have great takes on sure. who these NFL teams should hire. So I want to let, bring up a couple of these teams. Go ahead. Because we have quite a few vacancies we got to fill here, Jeff. And odds are out these have become, you know, le- used to be just offshore markets, but these are now legal betting markets, uh, high, uh, part of the highly regulated Sportsbook markets, and we can we can share some of the odds here for who will be next coaches in line. Let's just start with the team who lost its coach first, the Jacksonville Jaguars. We're not counting the Las Vegas Raiders because they have a coach right now. Jacksonville Jaguars, who should they, who should they hire? And we'll see how what the odds reflect. Especially now, let's keep in mind how we so these odds were posted uh, midweek before the firing of Brian Flores in Miami. Which I have to think, Jeff, will throw a whole wrench well, in all of these odds. Well, they did, they did have odds come up after that. So, Flores is not listed in any Jacksonville odds anywhere right now still. And I think that's a gigantic, still, that's crazy. A gigantic mistake if you're Jacksonville to not even interview him. Now, Flores is interviewed with the Texans. There are plenty of rumors swirling around that the Giants are going to be interested in Flores. So, maybe Jacksonville is out of it. If I'm the Jaguars, I'm hiring, I'm hiring Doug Peterson. That would be who I hire. He won a Super Bowl as head coach. You know he can develop talent. Carson Wentz was going to win an MVP before he got hurt that year. Carson Wentz, man. Doug Peterson got a raw deal at the end of Philadelphia. I think he's a good football coach. That would be the guy I hire. I think the person who gets a job in the end, though, is Byron Leftwich. That's who I think gets You think so? Yes. Isn't isn't such a big part of the the thought process in Jacksonville that you can't go down the urban road again. You can't take a, you cannot go back to a guy with limited or no NFL coach head coaching experience, especially with a guy who you're going to entrust yeah. to help construct that roster. Yeah, but, it, but, but it's a little bit different here because urban never coached in the NFL. Byron Leftwich is at least yeah, that's, been that's an fair. offensive coordinator now for years. And Oh, by the way, like he's face like, of that Jacksonville. As franchise. weird as this may, as the weird as this may say, where coach, the coach Leftwich is learning from Brady with Brady learning from Leftwich. Like, that's a pretty good two-way street right there. I, no, not bad. So I look, I I I think that that would be the way. And also, too, obviously, you mentioned it. Like Leftwich is you, like he's one of the guys you think of when you think of that franchise in, in Jacksonville. Uh, even though his, he wasn't he wasn't there for that long, you of course right. remember his tenure there as a Jaguars quarterback. If you're looking at the Bears, which is on the screen now, 
at VEASAN.com. Florida's the short shot of plus 160, Ben, I think is right. But I don't. I think after seeing what we saw tonight from from Buffalo and what we've seen Ryan over Dable. these last three, if you're the Bears, <laughs> yeah, I was you, thinking the same. Table's thing. the guy you got. He's got to be the first guy you offer the job and make him say no, because you have a. To me, Justin Fields is still this. When this all sorts out, Fields is still going to be the second best quarterback from that draft in 2021, and you need to develop him properly. And Justin Fields doesn't have the arm that Josh Allen does, but Justin Fields can move every bit as well and maybe even better than Josh Allen does. So I think Dable's the guy you got to do if you're Chicago. That would be the way I would bet it, and that would be the way I would hire it there in Chicago at 6-1. to one. That's such a funny thing you bring up, because when the Flores news broke, you know me from being from Wisconsin. I had a lot of friends in, in Chicago area who are Bears fans. Yeah, I made the, made the point in talking to them uh, earlier this week saying, man, you guys might have Brian Flores just fall right into your lap. That would that seems like a slam dunk hire. And the unanimous response from at least Bears fans I know was, no, that that's not, we don't, we, we cannot, ha- we cannot have a defense first guy that has no, you know, no bedside manner, so to speak, as far as working with the young quarterback. And you think about it, and it's actually a good point. Because all, you know, the whole reason why Brian Flores is, while it seemed crazy on the surface, Actually made sense why Miami fired him. He w- he did not get along with their potential franchise quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa. He was not as a defensive-minded coach. He was not easy for quarterbacks and the offense to get have a good working relationship with, and that is going to doom you every single time if you were a coach in the National Football League. And it's what got Flores. I don't blame Bears fans at all for saying, you know what? I know this guy's a great defensive mind, but well, I'll pass. We can we can get a, we have a perfectly like defense is not our issue. It is developing a guy like Justin Fields. And who's to say that like the whole Justin Tua thing wouldn't, you know, would not be a similar it, path you could it, go down if it, you had Flores. It could be. Look, I think if you're at this point, Flores is going to get one of these jobs. He's not going to be out of work for long. It's just a matter of does he think he can convince Deshaun Watson to want to stay in Houston? Because as it's been going through the league, it sure seems like Flores was the one who wanted Watson the most of anyone in that in that in that brain trust in Miami. Uh, again, obviously, Watson still has to get the off-the-field issues sorted out. But the rumor that was floating around today is that the Giants, that Deshaun Watson wants to go to New York and play with the Giants and have Flores as his head coach there. Flores grew up in Brooklyn. So that's a natural fit as well. So, I, again, I think Flores ends up getting a job. I would only bet him in Houston, in the Houston market, in the Giant market. I wouldn't bet him in the Bear market. I would... Giant market, I would actually bet over the Houston market because if you're being realistic, I'd rather like, the there's Gi- no way you, there was no way you could possibly go to Houston and talk yourself into Deshaun Watson being your quarterback. It's just not going to happen. Now probably, there's some rumors that, right. that legally speaking, there will be some more clarity coming to light shortly. But especially the fact that, that for six months like, now, exactly the fact that he's like five to one on the that Giant side the, there, yeah, that that's would not be, bad actually. I, I don't see Dable taking that job. I don't know why he would do that to himself. They're not hiring a former Philadelphia you Eagles know. head coach. That's just no. not happening. Again, it kind of depends on who the next GM is, but look, you're the Giants. I, I think Flores can coach. I know he may not have the best bedside manner with the, with the younger quarterback. Yeah, also, at but, the same time, it's a national football. But guy can coach. Yeah, That team overachieved the last all three years. Team overachieved all three years he was there. So remember those conversations you and I were having week four, 2019 season. I mean, that Miami team. Worst three week stretch in league history the first three weeks that year. That team 
was awesome. Team won five games. <laughs> they were. Even though if they tanked it properly, they have Joe Burrow. So, can have that against Florida. Could have been. Yeah. What well, could have been. All right, that does it for us. We hope you enjoy the rest of your NFL wildcard weekend. Have a great NFL Sunday. I know we, we certainly will. Uh, sure for will. Jeff Parles, I'm Ben Wells. Thanks to Brian Ortega, our producer, as well as we say so long. Greg Peterson Experience comes up right after this here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human-moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.